We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. KJ Podcast, my people. Welcome to the NFL season week one on deck. San Francisco 49ers will be traveling to Minnesota to play one of the better teams in the NFL in the Vikings. We have a ton to get into. Jarek McKinnon out for the season. Team just put him on injured reserve. The fallout from that and what happens with the offense. How much changes for Kyle Shanahan. How much changes for Jimmy Garoppolo and the O-line. I mean, this is a big injury, but we'll get into exactly what it changes. 53-man roster. No serious surprises, but there are a couple notes to make. We'll preview the Vikings. What's the game plan? How do you attack this team? Before we jump into everything 49ers, I want to take a couple minutes to talk about the announcement I made on Twitter. I'm starting a local sports podcasting team, Blue Wire. We're going to be announcing our first two podcasters on Wednesday. They'll both be Bay Area podcasters. And... My goal and dream and our vision for everyone joining Blue Wire is building locally. You see a lot of national sports podcasting ventures. It really hasn't been done on the local level and just putting together a team of credible experts, some in the media, some super fans, anyone who has a voice and a sway, I'm looking to add you to the team. This is an evolving concept. I kind of got leaving KNBR and just saying, hey, I have an audience now. I'm going to do this thing by myself, see who listens. And it kept growing and growing. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo has a huge effect on that. That's the thing with local sports. Your team can all of a sudden become very relevant again. And even when they're not, it seemed to me like people still cared. So I think local sports is underserved. 
I've worked at sports radio stations, I think three-hour shows with guys who claim to be experts on all five different sports. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think the future of sports audio content is hyper-focused, one or two experts on one topic. Let's bring as many podcasts as we can together. It'll be two Bay Area podcasters, but I am looking at other markets within the next month or two months. We hope to grow Blue Wire at a natural pace. I hope you guys like the content we put together. There'll be a website. Everything will still be on iTunes. I'll still be podcasting about the 49ers. It's essentially, I just want to bring people together and give you guys more options to listen to locally. Local iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher channels, Blue Wire Bay Area, Blue Wire Cleveland, Blue Wire DC. I hope to fill out lineups city by city and give you guys better content. Um, That's how it all came about. And I'll be podcasting now and then to give you updates on the company, who we're adding, marketing we're doing. This is a grassroots thing. We're going to need so much help. And why I'm doing this podcast venture is mainly because of you guys. There's an audience out there that is into this. We're going to have a lot more ads on the show. Not a lot more, but we're going to be doing live reads and we're going to have merchandise. We're going to have a graphic artist similar to how you see t-shirts pop up all the time. Warriors World does it. Barstool does it. There's going to be a real-time merchandising aspect of Blue Wire. Again, we're going to talk more Wednesday with our two new podcasters about everything we're trying to accomplish, but... There's a new player in town. I think it's going to take us some time to compete, but we want to give you different options to listen to local sports. And Blue Wire hopes to be one of those. And give us a chance. Give me feedback. Let me know everything you think. I'm really, I'm doing this for the fans. This is not a lucrative, really, operation that I'm planning to start here. It's just, I love podcasting. And I, I think the future of it is really cool. And I'd love to start a team now. So super pumped that you're on board. Need your engagement. Need you guys to continue to listen and share a lot more. There'll be announcements. and It's going to be tough to follow everything I know. But we're going to do our best to market this thing. And really try and become something in the Bay Area and other cities around the country. KJ Podcast. Blue Wire. You know, I was with KMBR and the Browns and WSA in DC for a long time. I've worked for media organizations. It's really cool being on the ground level and starting this with a bunch of talented people. I can't wait to unveil the team. Um, I know I'm teasing everything a lot and I can't give you everything, but I trust that you're going to like what we're doing and what we're building. 49ers are going to be building a little bit different on offense this season. Jarek McKinnon, non-contact injury, Sunday workout, Levi Stadium, no one touched him. Practice fields out there. And he goes down. And Kyle, right away in the media room, said, yeah, we're really concerned. They're pretty much new. He tore his ACL. McKinnon out for the season. Going to have surgeries on crutches today watching practice. I think it's devastating for him. I'm devastated for him. He's a free agent. He got this money. And all the film junkies... Showing tape of this guy, how he's going to fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He could have had 50 catches this year. And he could have averaged, you know, 4.5 yards of carry. 
I don't think it's devastating for Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think he will be able to still have this as a top 10 unit in the league without Jarek McKinnon. I think Jarek McKinnon was more of a luxury item than he is a necessity. If Marquise Goodwin was to go down, or Kittle was out for the season, or Staley was out this for the season, Weston Richburg, I, I do think there are more devastating injuries that could have happened. You know, I, I want to be fair and respectful. This sucks. This absolutely sucks for Jarek McKinnon. The mood is not going to be good for the 49ers for a couple days. Like, he is an exciting player. He looked really good in training camp and practice to all the reporters out there. His role was going to be significant. But I still think Alfred Morris can get 15 to 18 carries this season and be effective. I still think Matt Breida, who might have really been thrown to the side for Jarek McKinnon and Alfred Morris, all of a sudden Matt Breida is way back in the fold and necessary and going to be a third down back. Alfred Morris isn't your pass catcher. I think Alfred Morris is first and second down and Breida is third. Kyle's not going to get that predictable with the formations, but I think typically that's what you'll see out of those two guys. I think Alfred Morris will lead this team in carries this season. I think people will have number 46 Alfred Morris jerseys by October I don't think it'll be week one where he goes off against Minnesota, but I think week two, Detroit, Alfred Morris rushes for 100 yards, and this offense looks really slick, and people are so thrilled in their fantasy leagues, they picked him up early, and the 49ers are so thrilled that we got this guy off the street, he should have been in another NFL camp. Formations will change. I think Jarek McKinnon was going to be in the shotgun a lot next to Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you put Alfred Morris in the shotgun? He's operated that way with RG3 before, but not with the quarterback um, who's who's less mobile like Jimmy G. Personnel groupings will change. Here's what I do think is a major thing with Jarek McKinnon going down. More targets for Dante Pettis and Trent Taylor. I think there'll be more four wide receiver sets. In passing downs, you don't have to have McKinnon on the field all the time. Use check is obviously a huge piece that we often forget to talk about. You know, I don't think he'll have any more than 30, 35 catches this year, but he is... He, he confuses defenses. You don't know if a runner pass is coming. So you do want to have check on there. But I do think this opens up things for Dante Pettis and Trent Taylor. They'll get a couple more targets. Maybe even Richie James. There's kind of a domino effect here. Running-wise, like actual running back, Alfred Morris is better at the outside zone than Jarek McKinnon because he's one of the best outside zone running backs in the league. He just fits this. You saw that against Indianapolis. I don't care who their personnel are if the Colts are one of the worst teams in the AFC That's what Kyle's offense looks like when it's operating at a really high level. Alfred Morris going for 9, going for 8, going for 11. He's not that 30, 40-yard home run guy that McKinnon was going to be, but Alfred Morris will pound a defense, will fall forward. And when it's 3rd and 2, you're going to him. The defense knows it, and he gets it. We've beaten the hammer home on Alfred Morris. Matt Breida, what type of year 2 leap will he make? I've said before, 105 carries for him last season was not enough. I want Matt Breida to be a high-end backup and those touches to be closer to 175. So I think Matt Breida does kind of step into a Jet McKinnon role. Not exactly what he would have been because I think Jet McKinnon would have been on the field a lot more. But all of those play designs that Kyle has for Jarek McKinnon, I don't think they're lost because I think Matt Breida can perform them. He's not as explosive but he is shifty and can make a guy miss on the outside with the ball in his hands. So I, I do think some of the passing game elements 
were not just designed for Jarek McKinnon. Remember, we all thought it was, I thought it was weird when they signed Jarek McKinnon just because I like Matt Breida so much and they were similar guys. And we're seeing it with our eyes now that Alfred Morris is a completely different running back than these two. He's a power guy. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. But out of respect to Jarek McKinnon, to talk about his contract two days after his ACL, the 49ers do have an out clause next season, $1.5 million cap hit. This is essentially, if they swung and missed, it's a one-year, I think it was $10.5 million for Jarek McKinnon. 49ers could get out next season. If Alfred Morris rushes for 1,100 yards, if Matt Breida is a really solid third-down running back, this team makes the playoffs. There is a chance that they just say, man, this was a very tough circumstance. We brought you in. We planned to have you be the guy. How are you going to put Alfred Morris on the bench next season if he rushes for 1,000 yards? How are you going to throw Jarek McKinnon all the way back in the fold? Again, I don't want to be an asshole pointing this out now. He's on crutches, about to have surgery. This was supposed to be his big opportunity of his life, and now it's being taken away from a non-contact injury. It's like the worst brutal luck ever. But in reality, Parag put this clause in the contract. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan overpaid for this guy to have this out on the contract in year one. Another sign that the 49ers organization is really on the same page here. To have that flexibility to get out of this, not a lot of teams have those kind of contract loopholes working in their favor year after year. Parag Marate is a genius. Throw a little bit of extra cash on the end of deals or up front and give the 49ers some wiggle room to get out of things. Uh, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo's deal has the same exact thing. Just in case he's absolutely awful, two years from now, they can sign the last check and hit abort. Obviously, that's a worst-case scenario, but, I mean, it's happened with RG3. It's happened with guys who were crowned the next, and then they didn't live up to it. I think it's like a 2% chance of that happening, but 49ers give themselves options. Again, like, I love Jeff McKinnon. I didn't get to know him personally, but that's a business thing. This sucks. Injuries happen. The 49ers are prepared for this to happen. That's a really good sign for this organization. And I got to say, I think this helps the 49ers offensive line too. I think they were going to have to do a lot more work for Jet McKinnon as an every down stretch halfback running back role. I think they were going to have to make it extra clean for him to hit outside zone all the time. I think he would have been a home run guy. You know, 15-yarder here, but then one, two, zero. I think those would have been a lot of the runs for Jet McKinnon. Alfred Morris can wiggle and find the right place to go in this scheme. In these running schemes, he's comfortable. I'm willing to put my predictive analysis on this. Alfred Morris, this fan base is going to love him by October. Could take a little time to get going. Couple tough matchups earlier. You should be able to run on the Chiefs. You should be able to run week two on the Lions. Chargers are a lot better defensively. But they're more of a pass rush unit than a run stop. So certain game plans early in the year, Alfred Morris, 15, 16, 17 carries. I think that's very realistic, if not a slam dunk right now. We'll see Brita. Obviously, you want to try and get him three, four catches a game. Have linebackers shifting out that way. I think those two are a good tandem together. I didn't know how you were going to use all three. But I think it's going to help Jimmy G. Play action with Alfred Morris works really well. In the past, even with Dak Prescott. KJ Podcast. Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway there is Jarek McKinnon. I'm devastated for the player. I don't think it's devastating for the offense. I think Kyle still moves the ball. A couple other pieces get involved. And then they kind of absorb 
Jarek McKinnon's play calls and just throw him on Matt Breida. See if he's ready. I like that strategy. I think Kyle and everyone in the offensive meeting rooms will look at each other and say, we have Jarek McKinnon light here. We can make some of the same stuff work. And if for some reason I'm completely wrong and whiff and Alfred Morris you know, is the backup, Matt Breida comes in there, I wouldn't be stunned if he's the lead horse. I would be surprised. I just think Alfred's hungry. This is the right combination of coach, scheme, and quarterback where it's going to be impossible to pull him off the field. He's going to be productive. KJ Podcast. Yeah, I mean, the next thing, the 53-man roster, no major surprises. Jonathan Cooper, I missed on that one. They kept a bunch of extra O-linemen. They picked up a couple guys this week. They're going to carry 10 O-linemen got Gary Gilliam banged up. This is a weird problem to have. The backup O-linemen are banged up right now. The starters are pretty much fine. It'll be interesting to see if it's Mike Person or Joshua Garnett. I would expect Person to start the year. Let him keep the job until he kind of screws up and then throw Joshua Garnett in there. I don't think there's any room to to knock him off. He's been had all the reps all summer long. Remember, Kyle called out Joshua Garnett early in training camp. He wanted him out on the field. Kyle doesn't call out players in the media often. I think there's still time to prove that Garnett um, can be on the field. And it'll happen maybe late October. There's going to be injuries. We'll, we'll see him on the field at some point this season. Sam Linebacker, we talked about it before. So clear. I didn't think Jeremiah Atache was worth the 53-man roster spot. I thought they were going to keep him for at least the first month to see if he had a sack or two. They caught him. This was a guy they were hyping up all offseason. P to T, their six-round pick. Believe they brought him back to the practice squad, but he's not going to be on the 53-man roster. He's a ball of athleticism. He couldn't finish. Um, Sam Linebacker, they totally misjudged. They did it a year ago with cornerback Richard Robinson and Dante Johnson. They've done it now with Sam Linebacker. Mark Anzacha, I don't think anyone expected him to be a starter headed into training camp at all. He was trying to fight for a roster spot. Eli Harold traded for a seventh-round pick. The list goes on and on here. I am not a fanboy about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I can say they made a mistake at Sam Linebacker here. They had cap room. They had other options available to upgrade this position. Now it's a clear flaw that teams are going to run at scheme up on that side of the field. I just think it's a little inexcusable I get that you can't build this team from scratch overnight. There's going to be holes and weaknesses, but that just feels so glaring to cut essentially or trade half of your unit in August who you thought you were going to count on this season and you got poor Robert Sala in there hyping him up like Atachu is actually going to make a difference. You've got Kyle already saying, hey, it's hard to coach pass rush. They brought in Chris Kiffin here. Cassius Marsh, I loved him last year at Chicago. I'm not counting him out. I think he could have three or four sacks this year. I think he could be rotationally good. It's so clear. This position, Sam Linebacker, is coming off the field every week. Nickel downs, they're not going to be on the field at all. You have Dakota Watson, too, who's just, he's slow. I mean, he's he's okay in coverage. He's okay in everything. But, I mean, he can get in the backfield. But I, most quarterbacks can slip by Dakota Watson. He's not a finisher. Their guys get pressure. They're not finishers. That's the theme with this unit. Cole Wick made it at tight end. That'll be a nice upgrade from Hikatini in the blocking sense of things. 
I'm an idiot for calling him Brent Selleck on Twitter. I want to apologize for that. Garrett, Selleck time. I had a brain fart early in the morning. That's allowed. Kyle said it was tough this year with the 53-man roster. I think it was pretty easy. Like, I was doing my cuts, and it was like, these are clearly the 55 best guys. Like, there's all those undrafted guys don't cobble together anymore. So I actually thought the opposite. Kyle was like, there's a lot of tough cuts this year. I thought it was, there's a lot of studs on this roster, then a lot of lower-end guys. Whereas last year, it felt like everyone was kind of like grouped more in the middle. And so guys have taken a leap, and there's more studs, and then there's just guys who aren't going to make it. And I think that's good too. That that's a good way to sift through ninety guys and just be like, you know what? We have a lot of good players. We should actually touch the Khalil Mack trade. That that needs to be addressed on the KJ podcast. John Lynch said they aggressively pursued with the Raiders. Ultimately, they had parameters in place. They weren't going to give up two first round picks. Hundred and forty one million dollar extension. Ninety million guaranteed. The Raiders look so foolish. The timing. You have Derek Carr, Bruce Irvin tweeting, no way. The locker room does not like this trade at all. NFL cap rooms have gone up. $90 million guaranteed over four, five, six years is not what it was in 2003, John Gruden. It's not 18% of the cap. It's like 10.5% of the cap for your best defensive player, for a top five defensive player in the league. It's inexcusable to draft one of the best consensus best players and then let him go at least the Raiders did get some compensation and they didn't franchise tag him here and then do this for two years I mean I guess they should have let him play this season out they should have come to some type of compromise like a one-year 22 million dollar deal like buy some more time to try and figure this out just felt like John Gruden is going to let the defense figure it out we can do second third fourth round picks there the defense will be good enough. I'll outscore other people. It's a cocky approach. I don't think the Niners made a mistake. They shouldn't have shipped two first-round picks. If they can hit on those picks, it's a four-year contract for a mini-star player. Draft picks are not just young talent anymore. It's their contracts on this rookie scale that makes them so valuable. You can build other areas of your team. Mike McGlinchey, why they picked him? They wanted to solve right tackle for very cheap Instead of having to pay Trent Brown, who ultimately wasn't even a scheme fit. So there are angles you can take in the draft. The 49ers have to continue to hit in the first round and prove that they can get a superstar. Like, I don't think McGlinchey's a superstar. I don't think Solomon Thomas is. Ruben Foster is. Obviously, you want to do that as often as you can in the first round. That's too much draft capital. Although, from the Bears side of things, they're saying, okay, this first round pick for 2019 is Cleo Mack. The 2020 pick is another player. There's no way he's going to be that good where it's a throw-in. I, I get it from the Bears' angle as well, why they did it. But I don't think Mitch Trubisky's the right quarterback. Trubisky's on the rookie contract, but what's his ceiling? Alex Smith? Can he be Alex Smith even? I don't know. So, like, I don't think Khalil Mack puts the Bears in playoff discussion. I think they can go 8-8 eight and eight this season. That defense, if it's as good as Vic Fangio can make it now, Roquan Smith is the real deal. Their division is just so tough. Green Bay and Minnesota, you're automatically penciling into the playoffs, essentially. Niners fans would be going absolutely bananas if they had it. They had the cap room to do this. 
Um, he's a once-in-a-generation pass rusher. Two first-round picks is is kind of the parameters. I agree with John Lynch there. That's too much. I would have done a first, a second, and Solomon Thomas. It's crazy to give up on your first-round pick that easy. But you've got to keep a first-round pick here. That's going to stunt the rebuild. The, the 49ers aren't ready to win quite like this right away. The roster's... They could waste a little bit of Khalil Max prime, and then when they're finally good to go in three years, and he's 30 and Richard Sherman's 33, then they've kind of, some of their high-priced moves here have kind of aged out. So good restraint by John Lynch and the 49ers. Glad they pursued it. They're always going to be transparent. They like to make trades. Their franchise quarterback acquired in a trade. Reuben Foster, all that finagling in the 2017 draft. Trader John Lynch. Glad he's evaluating stuff. Ultimately, not worth it. Ultimately, can you find a pass rusher, though? This team has not been able to prove that they can evaluate outside pass rushing. That is going to be a problem going forward if they miss. Still, though, I'm okay not spending $140 million on Khalil Mack. He is worth it, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay the Niners sat this one out. It would have put a ton of pressure on this team that I don't think Jimmy G's ready for. I don't think Khalil Mack is ready for. They go 7-9, and 8-8. Nine, eight and eight. There's a sour taste in the mouth. You acquire star players. There's expectations to make the playoffs, even though it's a 53-man sport, 22 on the field. You don't want to not make trades because of expectations, but I you change the entire mood in the building trading for Khalil Mack. You accelerate things. You, you print storylines. Even players get caught up in it. Their expectations change like... The whole mood of the team changes with a, a jolting trade like that. Kudos to the Bears for trying to get out of the cellar. Like they're doing everything possible. Since Mac Nagy has arrived, they've gotten good people on the roster. Um, the Raiders, what a joke. I was out with a Raiders fan on Saturday who's ready to commit to the 49ers, who's saying, I cannot take it with this team anymore. We traded a guy who's probably going to have a gold jacket in the Hall of Fame to the Chicago Bears for. Picks that Gruden probably is not even going to be able to deliver on. I don't. I see five and eleven, six and ten with this that team this year. He Gruden looks a lot like Joe Gibbs when he first got to the league. His talent evaluation was not there. He traded Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis. He's. I don't know what the schemes are going to look like there, but just some of the personnel moves that John Gruden has made has reminded me a lot of Joe Gibbs, two thousand four, coming back. And still playing in backwards NFL. Still thinking a running back is better than a corner. Still thinking, hey, I can't pay a defensive player this much. You're not going to ever replace Khalil Mack. You can have two, three, or four players who hopefully can have the production of him. And you're, you're going to pay them less, but it's just it's not going to be the same. That defense could be terrible this year. I think the Raiders could suck on defense. KJ Podcast, Labor Day edition, San Francisco 49ers. We are going to do another pod later in the week to really preview the Vikings. How do you attack this football team? They are just loaded with studs. I mean, let's go through how many star players are on Minnesota's roster. Their defensive front is ridiculous. Danielle Hunter, Linval Joseph, Sheldon Richardson, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr as a rusher on the outside. You got Michael Kendrick's brother, Eric Kendrick's in the middle. Their secondary, Trey Wayne's Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, they have the best defense in the league. They have the most stacked defense in the league. If they can stay healthy, they can limit teams to 17 points 
a week. Mike Zimmer, they made the right hire. Minnesota could be good for quite a while. Offense, not as scary as defense, but I mean, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and they're going to end up paying these guys a lot. They're paying Diggs, but for years, they didn't have to pay them. I mean, they found these guys late in the draft, Thielen undrafted. O-line, Riley Reef, Tom Compton, that's a former Kyle Shanahan draft pick with the Redskins. He's, he's had a nice long career now. He'll get a chance there. Uh, Mike Remmers at guard. He's their O line is their is their weakness. Kyle Rudolph is such a good tight end. Kirk Cousins, this is the Kirk Cousins bowl here. Kyle Shanahan. I wonder if he had his choice if the Jimmy Garoppolo trade didn't go down. If both were free agents, who he would end up picking? I'm happy it's Jimmy Garoppolo. His ceiling's a lot higher. We wouldn't have known that trade didn't go down, and Jimmy G's out there. In free agency, what's his market? Kirk Cousins. It would have been a really competitive. The 49ers would have gotten one of them. I would have bet Kirk Cousins. So storyline has shifted. I think a ton of pressure on Kirk Cousins this year. I actually think the Vikings are the wild card. I think Green Bay wins the division at 11-5. and five. Kirk Cousins 10-6. and six. I think he's a bit of a disappointment this year. Even though he's got Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray. He literally doesn't have an excuse his team is loaded when Washington was loaded and healthy with Jordan Reed, Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jackson. He was crushing it. Um, it's it's a similar setup here. He has no excuse. He really just has to go out and execute. John DeFilippo, the offensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer, the head coach. Um, yeah, they're favored by six. I think the 49ers are going to have an uphill battle in Minnesota. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. And I think Jimmy G and Kyle are going to eke out 20 points. We'll go more into the breakdown. But yeah, Minnesota, man, they don't really have a weakness on their roster. O-line and middle linebacker a little bit. If if you want to nitpick at Eric Kendricks, he's still solid. They have speed and strength, smarts all over the football field. Um, it's, it's on Kirk Cousins. Kyle does know some of Kirk Cousins' limitations. I expect him to give a presentation to the defense this week. Similar to how you saw in Hard Knocks, Michael Kendricks was talking about the Eagles. Nick Foles likes to do a teardrop throw. I think you'll see Kyle speak. He won't see it, but Kyle will speak to the 49ers' defense this week about Kirk Cousins' weaknesses. The game plan on defense is pressure Kirk Cousins. Certain weeks... You don't want to pressure Russell Wilson. You don't want to even worry about pressuring Aaron Rodgers. Like You want to contain. This week, it's about making Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. Getting him to throw off his back foot. Like sacking him. I, I am team sacks. All I want to do is sacks. This week, pressuring Kirk Cousins is actually a good game plan. He's not a quarterback who likes to make off-schedule throws. When he has a clean pocket, he will kill you. If he's a little bit off-center, he'll throw picks. Kirk Cousin is known to throw interceptions. Career-high 13 interceptions last year. So, I mean, he's not Jay Cutler. It's not some interception machine. But I think pressure could lead to turnovers. You get a couple turnovers on the road. Then the 49ers have a chance. It's a simple, normal football equation to win. But with them loaded everywhere, I think the 49ers will be able to stop the run. I'm not scared of Dalvin Cook. I am scared of him as a pass catcher. And Fred Warner. Looks like it could be Brock Coyle out there. Malcolm Smith's not even practicing. Ruben Foster suspended the first two games. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough defensively. And then Kyle going against this defense. You're going to try your best with Alfred Morris and play action, of course. Try and open things up. Not as scared of their secondary as I am Minnesota's front seven. So I would expect three wide receiver sets as much as possible. I've said all along, I think Dante Pettis, something deep for him in the first half. And then him as a red zone weapon. You might have to try and get Anthony Barr out in coverage as much as possible. Getting use check to his side and making use check go out for passes and just getting people away from Jimmy G in this O-line. Having a lot of routes where linebackers have to go in coverage. I, I see a lot of intermediate passing this week. A lot of quick get rid of the ball. Let's keep Jimmy Garoppolo upright. That's a that's a solid game plan. But again, we're going to dive more into this Wednesday. KJ Podcast, wrapping up. Big picture thoughts. Devastated for Jarek McKinnon. Not fair. He could have been a breakout Devontae Freeman type of player. I'm not panicking for the 49ers offense. They're going to be explosive. Matt Breida can fill in the role. Alfred Morris is a bell cow. This offense is going to move and score 25 points per game. I'm, I think they're going to be top 10 even without Jarek McKinnon. I'm not. I don't think that his role is just, oh my God, what are we going to do? There there could have been worse injuries on offense. There's probably going to be worse injuries on offense. It's still a shame though. It sucks. Like I feel bad. And it was going to be fun to watch. Like this offense could have been taken to a higher level with him. I don't think there's a major drop off with him. That's that's my two cents there. 53-man roster. Sam linebacker is weak. Khalil Mack, glad the 49ers didn't pull the trigger. Two first-round picks. It would have been hysteria. I don't think the Raiders would have ever traded him across the bay. It really would have made their fan base lose their minds. I know you think that decisions are never made based on that, but I I think partly optics go into every kind of huge move like that when you're getting rid of a face-of-the-franchise type of guy. Raiders are going to be in a tailspin from this. I think the fallout's going to be bad. John Gruden essentially said they're rebuilding. With this move, they they don't have a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Uh, defense is going to be a mess there. Bears, I think they acquired Mac a little too early. I don't think Trubisky is ready to win playoff games anytime soon. And Mac, I mean, their their, their formula is going to be let's try and become one of the best defensive teams and hope Trubisky doesn't make mistakes. I don't know how you sustain success this day and age in the NFL without elite quarterback play. So I think they got Mac. And I just don't think they have the quarterback for it. That's what sucks for Chicago. KJ Podcast, Blue Wire, our new podcasting team. We're going to have the website up soon. Wednesday, debuting two new podcasters. I need you guys, plain and simple. I need you guys to listen, subscribe. We're going to be putting together a Blue Wire iTunes channel just for the Bay Area and for other cities we launch. It's going to take a little bit of time to set that up. But my goal is to deliver you five to seven podcasts in your hometown, sports team specific with influencers, media members. I want to deliver you audio content in a cleaner way, not a three-hour show with hosts who don't know everything they're talking about. This is going to be cleaner, quicker, to the point, 30 minutes, get in and get out, get your information. KJ Podcast, Blue Wire, so unbelievably pumped to begin this journey. Appreciate you guys for listening. Keep listening. Keep sharing. We'll talk to you again this week. Peace.